you'll be pleased to know that after the 8 a.m. service, uh, we worked our way through that and um, a, uh, a couple decided to go straight off and have a cruise to enjoy life under the sun. <laughs> no, they had already booked it. They had already booked it. But it was a, a convenient thing that they could, oh, I'm uh, now off, I'm doing it. So there you go. We go out, work our way through the book of Ecclesiastes. We're coming to meaning and justice. Let's pray before we do so. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks. We thank you for your word and we pray now that you would bless us as we look at justice and the lack of justice. And we pray that you would help us to understand this and then to see the answer in Jesus. Amen. Well, the family of the victim gathered on the steps outside the court. And the media pack came and gathered around to record their reactions to the sentence that had been imposed by the judge. There were tears flowing down their face as they tried to compose themselves. And then finally one of them says, It's not enough. Fifteen years is not enough. Our son lost his life and he only gets 15 years. This is injustice. It's not fair. I don't know if you've seen that on the TV news, things like that. But the search for justice is a common one. We see it when we watch the news. We see it in police dramas. Uh, and we see it in the movies. And indeed, justice also fuels a lot of our songs. If you think about bands like U2 or Midnight Oil and more modern, more, more modern bands that I don't know about, then you can tell that justice is a theme that's all the way through it. We want to see justice done. And the search for justice can also be described as a search for meaning. For if there is justice in the world, there is therefore meaning to our moral actions. In other words, there's a point to doing the right thing instead of doing the wrong thing. Our moral actions have significance. So is there justice in the world? Can we find meaning in justice? Well, let's go to Ecclesiastes to look at life under the sun. Chapter 4. Again I looked and saw all the oppression that was taking place under the sun. I saw the tears of the oppressed, and they have no comforter. Power was on the side of their oppressors, and they have no comforter. And I declared that the dead who had already died are happier than the living, who are still alive. But better than both is the one who has never been born, who has not seen the evil that is done under the sun. We're going to feel the weight of those words before we move on. For when the teacher looks at the world that he sees under the sun, he sees a lack of justice. And in its place, he sees oppression. Uh, if the world were just then those who are oppressed would have a comforter or a rescuer. But he looks and he sees none. 
If there was justice, then power would go to those who do right. But the opposite seems to be the case. Evil rules the world and there is no justice that he can see. He says it's so bad, it's better to be dead for there is no justice in the world. And friends, that is what all those Hollywood movies don't tell us. Uh, we watch Hollywood movies and in it we see, you know, the, the good guy beats the bad guy and gets the girl. That is the plot of a large chunk of our movies, isn't it? It all ends up with a happy ending at the end. But in reality, outside the movies, things are different. All too often, the bad guys win and the good guys lose. There is no justice to be seen under the sun. And friends, when we look at our world, we see evil dictators killing millions and living in justice, living in luxury. Was there justice for Idi Amin? Or Joseph Stalin? Or Mobutu Sese Seko? Or Fidel Castro? So many times they get away with it. We can see, when we look at the world under the sun, a lack of justice. And it's not just about violence and murder. There's also economic injustice as well. Have a look at chapter 5, verses 8 and 9. If you see the poor oppressed in a district and justice and rights denied, do not be surprised at such things. For one official is eyed by a higher one, and over them both are others higher still. The increase from the land is taken by all. The king himself profits from the fields. So these are verses that talk about the poor being sucked dry by a series of corrupt or incompetent officials. Each of them has their percentage, their take, if you like, and together they suck up the increase from the land. Yeah, it, it's always amazing to me when you watch in the news or the media when there's a story about government inefficiency or corruption and it's like a huge scandal as if this has never happened before. The writer of Ecclesiastes observed it in his day over a thousand years before Jesus walked the earth. It's always been like this. There is nothing new under the sun. Government waste and corrupt officials are simply part of life. And do you see how this attacks meaning in life? The worker tries to produce profit from his or her toil, but all the profit, all the increase from the land, is taken by the many government officials. And once they've all had their slice of the pie, there's no gain left for the ordinary person. They've been sucked dry by the countless bureaucrats. It's not right that this happens. It's not just. But it is a basic fact of life. 
and it renders our efforts to better ourselves meaningless. So what should happen if there is justice in the world? Well, in chapter 8, the, the writer of Ecclesiastes dreams. This is Martin Luther King <laughs> moment where he says, I have a dream, and we can read it in verse 11 of chapter 8. When the sentence for a crime is not quickly carried out, people's hearts are filled with schemes to do wrong. Although a wicked person who commits a hundred crimes may live a long time, I know that it will go better with those who fear God, who are reverent before him. Yet because the wicked do not fear God, it will not go well with them, and their days will not lengthen like a shadow. So the writer at first points to the reality he sees, that sentence for a crime is not quickly carried out, that you can't see any immediate justice. But then he points to a hope, a hope that justice will be done even if it's delayed. Even if it's delayed. The baddie will get jailed or killed. The goodie is rewarded. And this is what should happen and what sells a Hollywood movie. And Hollywood sells this ideal to us because he knows, it knows that deep down that's what we want. We want to see justice happen. Even if it's not immediate. We want it to be done by the end of the film. Or else we walk out feeling like there's a bad taste in our mouth and it's not the popcorn that sat there too long. We want to believe this and say yes. Because we want our morality to have a point to it. It has to be there if there is to be any meaning in justice. This is what should happen. But sadly, in the next verse, reality comes back. Look at verse 14. There is something else meaningless that occurs on earth. The righteous who get what the wicked deserve and the wicked who get what the righteous deserve. This too, I say, is meaningless. So I commend the enjoyment of life because there is nothing better for a person under the sun than to eat and drink and be glad. Then joy will accompany them in their toil all the days of the life God has given them under the sun. The reality hits back in the next verse, in verse 14, and that is that the goodies get the punishment that the baddies deserve. And the baddies get the good stuff that the goodies should have got. The problem with justice, says the writer, of Ecclesiastes is that it doesn't exist in reality and that's why the writer gives up the search in verse 15 you can see him there just says go enjoy yourself I can't find meaning just go enjoy yourself you might as well the search for justice and therefore meaning keeps running up against this brick wall called reality for there is no disputing the, that injustice is part of the reality of life. 
We cannot escape it. It is the way things are. And friends, sadly, over the years, many have tried to create a a noble ideal at removing the exploitation of 19th century capitalists. But it didn't turn out to be a liberation, did it? It turned out to be a repressive dictatorship where everyone was poor except the party bosses. And throughout history, independence movements have thrown off foreign oppressors in order to have local homegrown oppressors. A just society. The, the welfare state was an attempt to catch everyone and has created, for some, welfare dependency that has also been harmful. Even in Australia, well-meaning attempts to provide a fair go for Aboriginal people have often met with failure. Justice remains an elusive dream. But when we, like the writer to Ecclesiastes, observes the world, we see that it's simply not there. There is no justice under the sun. And this leads the writer of Ecclesiastes to his conclusion in verses 16 and 17. Have a look with me. When I applied my mind to know wisdom and to observe the labour that is done on earth, people getting no sleep day or night, and I saw all that God has done. No one can comprehend, no one can discover its meaning. Even if the wise claim they know, they cannot really comprehend it. What a great verse to put up on the sign outside a church. Doesn't that work well? So encouraging at the end of it, isn't it? But what the writer is doing here is saying that it's all incomprehensible. We should have justice, but it can't be seen when we look at the world. It just doesn't make sense. No one can understand it. Not even the wisest man. It's like a riddle that even the wisest, wisest wizard cannot fathom. Or like a question that stumps even the smartest fifth grader. Or like a formula that Albert Einstein can't explain. It's totally incomprehensible. And so we shout out, where is justice? But our only reply is silence. Or is it? You see, friends, there is an answer to the riddle. And the answer can be described in one word. Jesus. How does Jesus answer this riddle? Well, well the answer we'll get to when we get to chapter 12 of Ecclesiastes. But for now, it's important to see the place. It leaves us with the riddle unanswered because it's unanswerable without Jesus. 
if all you have to go on is your eyes and your wisdom, then you will not crack the riddle. Justice cannot be observed under the sun. Instead, injustice is the norm. And so Ecclesiastes has pointed out the, the futility of seeking justice outside of Jesus. And friends, that's important because so many people seek justice outside of Jesus and end up despairing. May that not be us. Friends, if we want justice, we ought to go to Jesus. We do want justice, don't we? That's why Hollywood puts out all those movies and we pay the money to watch those movies. Because deep down, we want to see justice happen. The that God has given us to see justice done. We all want to see justice done. But Ecclesiastes has told us really clearly today that we, as human beings outside of Jesus, cannot bring justice ourselves. And that's a really important thing to learn. Because it will stop us from being disappointed again and again and again in our lives. Only Jesus can give us justice. So let's look to him. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks. We thank you that of your mercy you have shown us today the futility of seeking justice outside your son Jesus. Thank you that the writer of Ecclesiastes has made it clear and we pray that we would refrain from seeking justice ourselves or seeking justice from human sources. But we pray, Lord, that we would look to the Lord Jesus to bring justice fully and finally. And we ask this in his name. Amen.